Welcome to the Doc G Show, a radio show cluster. Without further ado, critics have said he has the face for radio and a voice for silent films. Your host, Ben Doc G Gordon. And we are on the air. Welcome. To the Doc G Show, I'm your host, Doc G. With me, as always, the one, the only, Mikey Maximus the Furnicus. Say what? Charette. Doc G, what is happening, sir? Mike, we're at the end of the year, man. We are. We are at the, we are staring down the barrel of 2024. Yes. (laughs) Hopefully it's a barrel of candy and dreams and good times, Mike. That's what I'm hoping for. That's what I'm hoping for, yeah. Same. It's, it's crazy, though, Mike. It seems like yesterday I was saying it's 2023. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's nuts. It's been a year, yeah. Mike. Ah, can't believe it. A year again. We need to live, Mike. Mm-hmm. You know? Agreed. We need to live. <laughs> but uh, I was thinking, we did a lot of living in 2023. Word. You know? Yeah, we did. We, uh, 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 scientifically speaking, Mike, 2023 was a year for the Doc G show. You Mm -hmm. know? It was. It really was. Yeah, like, sometimes I get a little, I get a little caught up in the, the, the production, the scheduling, the research, all the other stuff. The, the stuff that Mm -hmm. you don't see, listeners. The stuff that I, I put in on the backside. You know, Mm -hmm. I get caught up in that and I forget to just say, hey, that was pretty cool. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. And, you know, Kent Rollins on the show. Exactly. Exactly. Mike, you know, and that's the thing is when I was going back for this show and I started looking at the stuff we did, I was like, hey, that's pretty awesome. That's a fact. That was that was pretty cool. We did some pretty Mm -hmm. cool things this year, Mike. We did. You want to hear some of the cool things? I would love to. Here's some, here's some of the cool things. First of all, we were fortunate enough to have 49 guests on the show this past year, Mike. 49. Amazing. 49 Ooh. fantastic guests, every single one of them. Uh, and I'm happy to say out of those 49, six were returning guests. We had six returning Blackberry Smoke, Yonder Mountain String Band, Flip Turn, King Falcon, Hotel Fiction, Perpetual Groove. All returners. Maybe. Regulars. Yeah, maybe maybe, maybe we can get them back for 2024. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Hopefully. Mike, this year, this, one, this one's pretty amazing. This year, 2023, we had 12 Grammy-nominated artists on the show. Mm. Say what? Yeah. And four Grammy winners on the show. Wow. On our show, That's Mike. Amazing. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. 12 Grammy-nominated artists. We averaged a Grammy-nominated artist a month. Wow. Yeah. It's nuts. Nuts. We had a group on the show, Mike, that sold 15 million copies of their album, Yourself or Someone Like You. Jeez. You don't know them, listeners. That's Matchbox 20. We had them. Mm-hmm. We had them. 15 million. Think about that. 15 million. It's insane. It's insane. Mm-hmm. We had a we had a New York Times bestselling author on the show this year, Mike. Mm-hmm. What? 
What? This one, uh, this one's pretty, uh, this one's pretty big. We had the longest contributor to the Daily Show. Absolute legend of the yep. comedian world. Lewis Black on the show. My goodness, yes. Mike. My Incredible. goodness. Any idea? Thanksgiving special. You want to take a stab? Any idea who you think the, uh, the or which show do you think was the most popular of 2023? Hmm. Uh, wasn't there a TikTok? Wasn't it a TikTok person? Wait, what? That we had on? I don't think we had a TikTok person on this year. No? No. Not okay. that I can think of off the top of my head. Hmm. Think the exact opposite of that, Mike. The exact opposite of a TikTok yeah. person. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know what that is. Diamond Rio. Diamond Rio. That okay. was the most popular. I'm saying they're the exact opposite because those are some old country dudes that don't give a yeah. TikTok, so you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. And not well. I don't know. I shouldn't say that. I don't know what they do in their spare time. Maybe they're on TikTok all the time. I have. <laughs> yeah. They just don't strike me as dudes that would be on TikTok all the time. But yeah, that was the August 9th, Mike, most popular show of the year. And I like that. Mm. You know, in the dead the dead time of the year when most people you wouldn't think it's like you know it's not the it's not the entertainment time of the year. We were getting the listens, and I appreciate it. Yeah. You know what? Next uh, on the list, Mike, this is, um, I'm excited about this. We had more listens this year with the podcast. You know, this is separate from the radio side of things. We had Mm -hmm. more listens this year with the podcast than in any other year of our seven-year history. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. This year, Mike, we had... 1,600% 1,600% more listens than our first year in 2016. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And we had 23 more percent uh, listens than last year. So we increased, you know, quarter. Strong. That's good. Yeah. Strong, yeah. That's good. Yeah. Now get this, Mike. We have, uh, we had regular listeners from 51 countries. This, mm. this year, 51 countries, UK, Canada, Mexico, France, Germany, Russia, South Korea, Brazil, Spain, Indonesia, you get the picture. 51 of Thank them, you. Mike. 51 you, regular countries. Just think about that. Yeah. That's a lot of countries. Yeah. A person in Indonesia was like, I'm going to listen to these two morons for a little bit. That's nice. Thank you, Indonesia. Yes, it is nice. We appreciate that. And very big news, Mike. Every state, every state listened to the Doc G show. That's right. Got him. Vermont. You bet Vermont. your sweet <laughs> listened. Yeah. Vermont you, was Vermont. in there. <laughs> Delaware? How about how about Della? Yes, Mike. Yes. Della, yes. They listened. <laughs> they listened. You know, we could have a listening party in every single state, Mike. Hmm. Granted, in some of those states, it'd be very scant. There'd probably be like, you know, like two people. But still, it would be possible. There would be a listening party in every state. So true. Very excited about that, Mike. You know? Yeah. And I got to be honest, looking at our year-end statistics, it got me jazzed. You know? I need to do this more often. I was like, what? 
We actually did that? That was awesome. Wow. We had an amazing year, you know? Mm-hmm. Are you ready to fire up the last show of this amazing year? Doc G, thank you so much for getting those stats. And yes, let's fire up the last show of the year. Woo! Woo! All three engines up and burning. Two, one, zero, and lift off. You can call it the holiday special if you want to, listeners. We do occasionally. The you holiday know? special. We do that every now and then. Usually when mm-hmm. it's closer to, to the old Christmas we usually like to do it. I used to call it the Christmas special. That's right. I thought maybe I was like, "Hey, maybe there's some non-celebrators of Christmas," which I'm fine with. <laughs> if you wanna, if you wanna celebrate uh, Hanukkah, you wanna celebrate Kwanzaa, I'm fine with it. You celebrate mm. whatever you f and wanna celebrate. Festivus, Festivus. exactly. <laughs> Seinfeld fans, you can do that too. You know it's a what? Festivus for the rest of us. Mike. We have a fantastic show. We're going to go down memory lane here. We've got the top 10 clips graded by me. Uh, could I have chose 10 other clips? Absolutely. But mm-hmm. after I got like 20 of them, I was like, I'm just going to choose 10 of these that I like. That's pretty much <laughs> it. It was there, there, wasn't, there wasn't too much rhyme or reason, listeners. I was just like, you know what? These are things that I really enjoyed. I'm going to choose mm-hmm. these. So that's what we're going to go with. And I can't wait to go back over them with everybody. But first, Mike, we need to start where we start. Birthday suit. Happy birthday, Mr. President. Yeah, huh? Yeah, huh? Mike, uh, I want to say you met expectations for birthday suit cool. guesses this year, you know? Cool, cool, cool. You Happy know? to hear that. It's <laughs> a little nervous. You're, you, well, I mean, when we started out, I, I didn't actually pull the clip of this, but when we started out, me and you said at least 50%. You know, we were like, you're going to get at least 50%. And I was like, I don't know. You might even get all the way up to 60%, which you're right in between those two, Mike. Okay, I'll take it. You're 82 out of 147 right now. So if you get none right today, you'll end the year at 54%. And if you get all three correct today, you'll end at 57%. Cool. So there you go. There you go. You ready to start it out? Let's do it. I think you can get the first one. The other two, probably not. So it'll probably be a (laughs) one for three. Uh, Here we go. Born on December 20th, 1983 in Los Angeles, California. He is known most for his big break as Seth from the movie Superbad. Since then, he's been in Get Him to the Greek, Jump Street, uh, This is the End, 22 Jump, uh, 22 Jump Street, Moneyball, The World of Wall Street, War Dogs, so many other movies. Name that birthday suit where? Seth Rogen. Mm-mm. What? Seth Wait, what from Superbad. Seth from Superbad. Ah, Moneyball. Um, Jonah Hill. There you go. There uh. it is. Okay, thank I'm not you, going to take it away for the incorrect All right, thank answer. You, thank you, thank you. There it is. You were way too confident with that Seth Rogen. Uh, yeah, I was. I was way too confident. Now, you know, Seth Rogen did write Superbad, and he did write it as him being the Seth character, but obviously mm-hmm. by that time he was already too old to play a high school person, so he chose yeah. Jonah Hill to play him, which works pretty great. Pretty fantastic yeah, movie. Pretty mm-hmm. awesome movie. Also, pretty big fan of both the uh, Twenty One Jump Street and Twenty Two Jump Street. They're pretty, pretty awesome movies. Yeah. Uh, big fan of those. Them. No, mm-hmm. uh, pretty no. good. 
Pretty solid, yeah. man. Pretty solid. Oh, he's a pretty weird guy, that Jonah Hill. Pretty Yikes. weird dude. Turning 40, Mike. 40. 40. Yeah. No 1983, turning the big wow. 4-0. Yeah. Yeah. Middle-aged Jonah Hill. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Happy birthday, Jonah. Mike, before we get into these clips, you want to rip some headlines? Let's rip some headlines, Doc G. It's now time for Rip from the Headlines. Mm. Mike, we got a little Tom Brady, a little quick Tom Brady news. TB news. Lady on TikTok, she posted how her mom went to CVS to have a picture of her family printed out. And when she picked it up, instead of a picture of her family... It was a picture of Tom Brady with his three kids. Win-win. Mm. <laughs> I, I probably, honestly, if it was my family, I'd be like, oh, it's better. Yeah. These, people, <laughs> these people are attractive. This is nice. Hanging this up. Yeah. <laughs> right over the Tom, fireplace. Uh, when she posted it on TikTok, she did a little, you know, little snazzy video, as everybody does these days, Mike. Of course. And uh, Tom actually commented on her post. And Tom commented, my mom must have been printing out some photos in San Francisco. Laffy face, Mike. <laughs> I got to say, it's very, it's very surprising to me that people actually still print out photos. Mm -hmm. And digitally, Mike, you can still screw that up. That's very impressive. Like, I can understand when it used to be filmed back in the day, and you're like, whoops, swap this out. This person got these, mm -hmm. you know, this film and that. But when it's digital, how do you screw that up? You get one person's digital copy, you get another person's, you print it out, you put it in there. Like, come on, man. <laughs> what are you doing, CVS? Yeah, not that hard. Shows up. Uh, you're not Tom Brady, but here you go. <laughs> they, they, <laughs> they look at it. As, mm, All right, there it is. That's uh, bizarre. There's right. your weird family photo. <laughs> but, you know, Tom Tom took it in stride. Then I think the, the lady got really excited. She responded like three more times to Tom. He did not respond to any of those after that. Like after that, she was like, hey, next time you're in San Francisco, we can do a photo swap. And he was like, yeah, that's enough. I was just copying Hello? one thing. <laughs> At Tom Brady. <laughs> Are you here? I think we lost connection. What's going on? Uh, Mike, time to turn around to a horrible story real quick with just a real weird, weird thing in the middle of it. So this is a horrible hometown story here. A Jacksonville man was found guilty of first-degree murder an armed burglary for a crime he committed in 2021. Now, this is the whole reason I brought this up, Mike. During the court case, during his trial, it came up that before he committed this heinous act, he Googled on his work phone how to kill someone with a knife. Hmm. Huh? What? Not a good idea. What? What can you find from that, Mike? <laughs> what is Google going to tell you that you shouldn't already know about a knife? <laughs> oh, it says here that a knife's sharp. I'm going to put that down. Sharp end goes towards <laughs> the person. Okay, got that. Note it. Like, just 
Mike, if you're dumb enough to Google that thinking you'll get good information from how to kill someone with a knife, I'm mm -hmm. tempted to make a website that's linked to that search. So the first thing that you come to is my website, and the website will be titled How to Kill People with a Knife. And then when you go to that website, it'll just say, maybe don't. Mm. And if you're if you're that stupid, maybe you'll go, you know what? The website's telling me I shouldn't murder someone with a knife. Maybe I shouldn't. Seems like some pretty good advice here. I Googled it. That's what it says. It's ridiculous, Mike. Yeah, it ridiculous. is. Ridiculous. Come on. Didn't you learn anything from Casey Anthony? Can't just it, be Googling. No, no. <laughs> if you learn anything from like the last... 15 years of trials. Come on now. <laughs> yeah. Mike, uh, don't know if you're aware, but we just passed a, a special day of the year last year, or last week. Uh, last week on Friday, December 15th, it's the most sexless day of the year. Hmm. Hmm. Yes. Most sexless day of the year. I did my own research and found... It was a 365-way tie with me for every other day of the year. <laughs> but, you know, other people have their own research, I guess. So, December 15th, Mike. Mm. There was no sex had. That's why. It's the most sexless day of the year. Hmm. Mike, we that's talked sad. about this before we came on the air. Uh, Jeff Bezos, he made some waves he recently went on the Lex Friedman podcast, uh, and I, I wanted to point out two things of this, Mike. He went on there and said that, one, he believes artificial intelligence is more likely to save humanity than to destroy it. Word. And two, he thinks the human population should rapidly expand and live in huge cylindrical space stations. Huh? He said, quote... I would love to see a trillion humans living in the solar system. If we had a trillion humans, we would have at least, at any given time, 1,000 Mozarts and 1,000 Einsteins. The only way to get to that vision is with giant space stations. Lame. Going to review both of these things, Mike. First off, on the artificial intelligence, is more likely to save humanity than destroy it. Really? On what evidence, Jeff? What do you have? You brought nothing to the table except for your sheer positivity. That's a fact. Granted, that's great. I like your sheer positivity, but it doesn't actually give me any confidence. Nothing you said actually showed us that it was less likely to destroy us and more likely to save us. I don't believe a guy that has $150 billion. You're much more likely to be positive than I am. Mm -hmm. I don't believe your statement. I'm sure there was a dinosaur telling all the other dinosaurs, hey, asteroids are pretty awesome. Yeah, they're pretty great. Don't worry about them. They're definitely not going to wipe us out, guys. We all <laughs> should be excited about asteroids. No. They're not, and I'm not excited about artificial intelligence. Second, Mike, I would love to see a trillion humans living in the solar system. If we had a trillion humans, we would have at any time a thousand Mozarts and a thousand Einsteins. Mm -hmm. Mike, 
that's some pretty dumb shit there. Let me tell you why that's some pretty dumb If we had a thousand Mozarts and a thousand Einsteins, yes, we would. Guess what? We'd also have a thousand Hitlers and a thousand Jeffrey Dahmers. Ooh, good point. Good point. We would increase the issues of humanity by a thousand fold. We cannot handle the issues of humanity now. Hmm. Why do we want to have a thousand times those issues? We're just outpacing ourselves. Mm-hmm. And the problem with Jeff is nobody wants to tell him that's a dumb idea because he's super rich. So yeah, anyone he's... that interacts with him is just going to be like, oh, yeah. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, big Great idea. Space, space pods. Trillion? Get up yeah, there. Yeah, no, I like that. Now, Mike, would I tell him that? Of course not. No way. He'd say he'd say that to me, and I'd be like, "Oh, space pods, totally." Yeah. You're a terrible cool idea, terrible Jeff. Person. <laughs> that sounds good. I'm, I'm very excited about that. And to Jeff's credit, Mike, he's actually been saying this since he was in high school. Mm. In his graduation speech, he said he dreamed of the day when mankind would colonize space. Hmm. He well, then said in a consistent. Yeah, he said in a local newspaper he wanted to get all people off Earth and see it turned into a huge national park. Hmm. Right at at graduation. Now, back then, Mike, I'm sure all kinds of people told him what a ridiculous plan that was because he didn't have $150 billion. I'm sure when he was in high school, they're like, oh, it's a dumb kid that keeps talking about space stations. <laughs> Who cares? But now... He's got $150 billion and nothing else to do all day. So people Mm -hmm. are like, yeah, a thousand Mozarts. That's what we should be focused on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. Jeff Bezos is like a dude who's completely trashed his house. It's dilapidated. It's falling apart. And he's like, you know what we need? We need to get an RV. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. We need to get out there on the road. Let's just buy an RV. We could live our lives out there. No, fix your yeah. f- house, Jeff. That's what you should do. <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> Jeff is ridiculous, Mike. Doc yeah. G, how did you feel about I felt like he had a really deep voice. I wasn't expecting how deep his voice was. Uh, you know, some, uh, I was about to say, you know what? I would say it's a little exogenous <laughs> hormone action, Mike. There's there's definitely been a good amount of that in Jeff's last like ten years. Yeah. Ever ever since he uh, he uh, got that divorce, he's been on the he's been on the self improvement midlife crisis. I've got way too much money for my own good type of life. Yeah, it looks like he's lifting rockets. Exactly. His arms are huge. Hey yo. Hey, boys. <laughs> big, just big man. He's you know, got a b- big man with a big clock, everybody. Yeah, he's um, got a big clock. <laughs> Mike, here's <laughs> a headline from page right. six. You ready? Yeah. Quote, Elizabeth Moss rubs her belly, goes makeup free during rare casual outing in L.A. Hmm. Word. That's a headline, Mike. That's weird. Yeah, I mean, I get it. Page Six does, like, celebrity news, but, like, come on. They could have titled that that article, Elizabeth Moss, Still a Human. Like, mm-hmm. there's, there's nothing, like, rubber belly? I do that occasionally. Mm-hmm. Go makeup free. If I were to ha- wear makeup, I think sometimes I would not wear it. Like, what did... What? What? 
Uh, very unnecessary by page six, Mike. Yeah. Very unnecessary. Mike, uh, run-of-the-mill story here from Florida. A tough-on-crime story from, you guessed it, Polk County. Polk County. Um, now, I probably wouldn't have said anything about this story, but one thing drew me in. So, this past week, a 48-year-old dude was arrested for drunk driving when he tried to pick up his kids from Valley View Elementary School. Mm-hmm. So the sheriff said, quote, the school wouldn't release the kids to him because he was so drunk. He couldn't hit the ground with his hat. Huh? They notified the sheriff's office. We found him sitting in the car in the parking lot with open containers. He said. Uh, he then said the children went home with their mother, who was sober. Hmm. So two things that got me on that story, Mike. First, in at the start of that, he said the school wouldn't release the children to him because he was so drunk he couldn't hit the ground with his hat. That's a fact. So my first question would be, Mike, would the school have given the children to the dad if he was only slightly drunk? Hmm. Well, you seem to be under the yeah. influence, but you can hit the ground with your hat. So <laughs> we're going to give you your kids. Good faith. Yeah. Take these guys. It is Polk County. You know, it's, it's not out of the realm of possibility. <laughs> well, second, was the mom already with them when this was all going down? Was she just like sitting beside the dude? Like, you know, they're not going to give you the kids because you got a Bud Light in your hand. So you might not want to do that. Maybe put it down for five it's minutes. Just one. Kid... Yeah. What's like, the problem? <laughs> I mean, you know, like I don't know, Mike. I feel like, I, I, yeah, it, it, that's that's a lot for even Polk County. You know. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot, Mike. Uh, Business Insider. Business Insider scraping the bottom of the Gen Z news barrel here. According to a survey of 2,000 people in the United Kingdom, 86% of Generation Z people suffered from menu anxiety. Mm, Choice fatigue. Yeah. Yeah. In other words, Mike, they don't want to f*** their order. They are worried. And you know what? I totally understand, Mike. Yeah, me too. One of those things. You know? Now, I, I totally got that. When they first brought that up in the article, I was like, yeah, of course. I do that all the time. I'm going to look. If I get an opportunity, I'm going to look at the menu before I go somewhere. You know? Mm. I'm going to have my my uh, my ideas formulated. Do you look at the Yelp pictures? Hmm. Yeah, sometimes. But the, the, the I'm, I'm more interested. I can get an idea from what they put as far as the Now, if it's one of those places where it's literally just like, chicken sandwich and you're like what does this sandwich look like but then i might look at some pictures but you know if they've <laughs> I just got to if... confirm it's going to be on a styrofoam plate <laughs> yeah you know like i want to get i want to get the deets and if they've yeah. written out the deets for me that's fine that's fine but the the article went a little far mike they uh tried to tie this up as a generational thing mm. about how generation z worries about how they appear in public. Mm, They say, quote, 
the younger generation tend to have more hang-ups about how they appear in public. And a recent Gallup poll even found that they're more likely to report experiencing negative emotions such as stress, anxiety, and loneliness. Hmm. I gotta say, Mike, that's always been the case. That is nothing new. <laughs> like, young people always care more about how they appear in public than old people. That's why yeah. they always worry about what they're going to wear before they leave. Mm -hmm. You get to a certain point in age that you realize, yeah, it doesn't matter. I'm still going to be a jack no matter what pants I wear. Might as well be these pants. Like, you just don't care. You get to yeah. a point. Like, mm -hmm. that's nothing to do with this generation. It's not anything unique, you know, Mike? Yeah. I mean, I get menu anxiety, but I could care less what people think about what I'm ordering. I am concerned what's going in my stomach. Yeah. That's, that's where my anxiety comes from, you know? Yeah, you also just want to get the right thing, you know? Exactly. I mean, the worst when you order something and then somebody at your table ordered something way better and you're just sitting there like, ow! I'm here with my stupid fish tacos. Look <laughs> at that fried chicken. Why didn't I just get the fried chicken? Uh, these guys need to stay away from Cheesecake Factory. That'll give them some menu anxiety. Oh, well, my that's gosh. A, that's like war and peace. You got to read through that 7,000-page menu. You're like, yeah. Hey, uh, I, I think I for started forgetting what I read 25 minutes ago. What was on that page back <laughs> Chapter there? Chapter 4, The yeah. Soups. <laughs> Good Lord. It is, yeah, it's a lot, Mike. And it's, uh. it's one of those things. I mean, people talk about it all the time, but it's 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 all moderate. There's nothing too yeah. low. There's nothing too high. Mm -hmm. You're not going to get anything that's amazing in cheesecake. But I'm also going to say you're not going to get anything in there that's just going to make you puke. Sure, no, uh, you yeah, no. you can always act like you're some hoity-toity amazing person that only eats these amazing foods and be like, oh, it's disgusting in there. I'd mm -hmm. eat everything on the menu, Mike. Every yeah. single item that they have. <laughs> Everyone. That's a good but point. But I'm also not going to say that every single one of those things is the best thing, you mm. know? Yeah. So it's just moderate. It's just one of those things that it's okay. just, eh, it's pretty good. You know, yeah. but yes, you are definitely correct. If I go there, I'm like, oh my God, what do I choose? There's yeah. 17,000 things here. So yes. many, so many, no pictures. None. <laughs> you got to go off of the, the, the thoughts, Mike. Yeah. And then you can be that really intrusive person and look over at the table beside you. Hey, what's that? Is that the Caesar salad you got there? How is that? Is that pretty good? Yeah. All right, thanks. Thanks. Cool. Thanks. I'm going to get that. You know, and then for the rest of the meal, that person's just looking back like, is that guy still there? The one that asked me about the salad? Yeah, yeah he's over your shoulder. Yeah, he's breathing on you right now. <laughs> Mike, we're going to take a break. We are going to hear from our guest on the show. This was from October 11th, 2023. None other than Cashed Out. This is their fantastic song, So Blessed, right here on the Doc G Show. Some healing, though it's easy to find what you're seeking. 
before you're done blinking So tell me what you're thinking I think that we should put tomorrow on hold And just live in the moment Loving out in the open Stop with the hate and it ain't that important Maybe we should just be living life slow Cause it goes by so
Here on the Doc G Show, Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, Florida. Mike, what do the listeners need to do? Well, Doc G, if the listeners feel like the show is a positive way to waste their time, they should please subscribe on Apple Podcasts uh, or Spotify mm-hmm. or SoundCloud, wherever they get their podcasts. Mm-hmm. It is a cost-effective way to support the show mm-hmm. and... If the listeners are feeling extra generous, they should leave us a five-star review. Mm-hmm. And, hey, bonus, leave us a comment. We love comments. Amen. Amen. You know what? And thanks to the 23% more of you that listened this year than the year before. We appreciate you. Like a snowball, listeners. Like a mm-hmm. snowball, we are gaining listeners as we go. Mm-hmm. And you regulars need to stay on. You can't hop off the snowball. That's not allowed. Nope. Do not. No way. Do not leave the snowball. Nope. Once you get on, you're stuck. You're stuck in there. Okay. Same avalanche. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> we need to thank the regulars, Mike. Here's the growing snowball. We Here we go. Shout out. Shout out Jacksonville, Florida, Columbia, South Carolina, Rad, Virginia, Gainesville, Florida, Frankfurt, Germany, Anoka, Minnesota, Ashburn, Virginia, Piracai, Brazil, San Diego, California, Dublin, Ireland, Boardman, Oregon, Genoa, Italy, Richardson, Texas, Barcelona, Spain, Winfield, West Virginia, Biloxi, Mississippi, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Peoria, Illinois, Katy, Texas, Toms River, New Jersey, Olive Branch, Mississippi, Asheville, North Carolina, Los Angeles, California, Spartansburg, South Carolina, Athens, Georgia, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, Chicago, Illinois, Boynton, Virginia. Yes, wow. Mike. Yes. Great job. You know, great job, Doctor. I'm gonna I'm gonna practice over the break going reverse. It's gonna be amazing, mm. Mike. It's okay. gonna be reverse. Okay. I'm gonna practice in Japanese. Huh? I don't think any one of these would change. I think they would just be the same. But still, I'm gonna practice mm-hmm. in Japanese, Mike. That means nothing. Actually, I would guess Olive Branch would change. Olive Branch would change. Tom's River would change. Um. Yeah, I think those are the only two that would actually change. Every other one would be. You would have to translate those. Well, I mean, you couldn't just keep them the same. You could, like the official names. Yeah, you could, but you could also (laughs) translate them. You know, Mm, that's true. You know, you could translate Olive Branch, Mm, Peace in Mississippi. Yeah, Olive Branch. Regardless, Mike. Thanks to everybody out there listening. You know. Thank you. Mm -hmm. You ready for some uh, some four star listeners, Mike? Shout yes, out. sir. Your current hometown, Las Vegas, Nevada. Shout out. Shout out. Vegas. ATL, Hotlanta. Shout out to you guys. Uh, Paris, France. Shout out to you guys. I've said a lot of negative things on the show about France. I appreciate you guys sticking with us. That's, we do. We do. You know? Thank you, Paris. You know? And you've stuck with me through all of my horrible pronunciations of anything with a French pronunciation because I have no idea how to do that. I stayed very far away from France. Not the country. I should say from French. I stayed away far from French. Did you ever take that as a language, Mike? Your last name is French. French. No. Okay. Yeah, no. 
I tried. Uh, I think I tried some uh, some some kind of Duolingo kind of thing back in the day. What was it before the Duolingo? What was uh, the no. uh, Rosetta Stone? Is that Rosetta? Yes, I, I had some. I got some Rosetta Stone off Casa nice. or LimeWire or one of the <laughs> two. <laughs> Not gonna pay for that. Good lord! No way! There you no go. way! I'll put that on. I'll burn that on a CD, and I'm gonna learn <laughs> French on the way to my lifeguard job. <laughs> nice, picking up the ladies at the lifeguard uh, stand with French, <laughs> of course. Je ne comprends pas français. Oh my god! Like music to my ears, Mike. Uh, shout out to Houston, Texas. Shout out to Fort Myers, Florida. Shout out to Portland, Oregon. Salt Lake City, uh, Utah. Shout out to mm. Portland or, or wait, I already said Portland. Sorry, I put Portland <laughs> on there twice. Shout out to Brooklyn, New York. Shout out Brooklyn. to Jersey City, New Jersey. Shout out to Rockledge, for Florida. Shout out to mm. Perth, Australia. Shout out to Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Shout out okay, to see. San Francisco, California. Shout out to Lisbon, Portugal. Shout out Ooh. to Sydney, Australia. And lastly, shout out to Durham, North Carolina. Mike. Shout out. We need to move on to the clips of 2023. Yes. Sweet. Like I said at the start of the show, Mike, we had some absolute bangers on the show this year. It was it was hard to choose just 10 clips. And I, mm -hmm. I could have just left all 20 in there. I was like, there's no way anybody's going to make it through like a four-hour show. They're just going to quit after like five clips. So mm -hmm. I did 10, Mike, and I put them in random order. And I will say we had a stretch in February and March. Woo, those are some months right there, Mike. We had some we had some guests. February and March, that was impressive. Now, we're going to start off here, Mike, with uh, one during um, uh, with or, or one during that stretch there. Absolute country legend. Winner of five Grammy Awards, Mike. Five. Wow. Five. I don't know about you, but I have Incredible. zero. He has five. And he yeah. played with legendary Lester Flats and Johnny Cash. Of course, I'm talking about the none other than Marty Stewart. Absolute legend. Uh, let's take a listen here to when I ask him about meeting Johnny Cash for the first time. We had great producer uh, David Ferguson on the show um, several months ago. Let me stop you right there. A great producer named David Ferguson. Uh huh. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love Ferguson. He That's awesome. Talk about authentic. Fer Fergie is authentic. That's what he is. <laughs> Fergie is a knucklehead. It takes one to know one. I'm proud of Ferg. I know how far he's come, man. He is worthy of his praise. He he told us when he was on the show about the first time he met Johnny uh, when he was working uh, with Cowboy, and um, it was it was pretty. I mean, it was a pretty memorable moment there of meeting him randomly in Cowboy Jack's uh, 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 bedroom, looking at an, a piece of exercise equipment that Cowboy Jack had had uh, purchased, and I was wondering. Do you remember the first time that you met uh, Johnny Cash? It was in Cowboy Jack Clemens' office. Uh, <laughs> I, a buddy of mine named Danny Farrington was building him a guitar. And I kept I needed a job, 
when Lester had passed away and I kept up with the progress of the guitar mm-hmm. and with an understanding to Farrington that I wanted to go with him when he delivered the guitar. And, and when I, the door swung open, there was Cowboy and John and Cowboy uh, was dancing with a martini on his head, <laughs> which he could do because he was an instructor at the Arthur Murray Dance School, you understand. And John was singing the Wabash Cannonball. And so there you have it. <laughs> talk, talk about country music busting through the door there. That's nice. You. Mike, in that clip, I, uh, I asked him about the first time there with Johnny Cash. And uh, yep. I loved, I loved his. Uh, it's like it's like a scene straight out of a movie. Yeah, like some kind of like Willy Wonka. Yeah, like what? Like some kind of some kind of Doctor Seuss book or something. Guy's got a martini on his head. You know, just dancing <laughs> around, and then and like Johnny Cash is singing. Johnny, like it's crazy because it seems like a movie that they would make about like country music lore, but then you also mm-hmm. just remember you got just two guys that are just. Two dudes hanging out, just having fun. Yeah. That's what they were doing, mm-hmm. you know. It's uh, it's pretty awesome though to think back, like just a, a fly on the wall in that situation, Mike. Yeah, right. Crazy. Be great. Crazy. Next up, Mike. We love to uh, talk NBA on the show. It's one of those things we do. We do. And uh, every now and then we'll even get Claude on here. You know, he'll spit some mm-hmm. game. Mm-hmm. So when uh, Sam uh, Morell came on the show, I was like, you know what? He loves basketball. I want to talk basketball with him. And uh, I just, I, I love the Giannis story he dropped on us. Take take a listen to the Giannis, Sam Morell, Giannis Antetokounmpo story. There it, well, you're also a Giannis man. I saw you talk to, I to love Giannis. Giannis. I'm a, I'm a big Giannis. He's, I think he's the best player in the world right now. And and so I did a benefit for his uh, his charity. I performed at his charity. Nice. And, uh, and Giannis is a really great guy. It was funny. I saw him and his brother in the front row with their hands over their mouth. I guess I went a little blue at the benefit, but I did. Well, I had a good <laughs> set. And, uh, you know, I think they were in shock at some of the jokes, but they were laughing. And then uh, afterwards, <laughs> I got to chat with Giannis for a while, and I I told him, you know, I said I bought, which is true, I bought everyone on my tour Giannis sneakers. So we're on the tour bus, we wake up and we play ball because I say, hey, I bought you all sneakers. You're going to feel pretty bad if you don't play basketball with me every day. So yeah. we find the YMCA in whatever city we wake up in and we play. And he goes, are you good? And I said, not really. And he goes, but you still playing? I said, yeah. And he goes, you a Bucks fan? I said, I'm not, dude. I said, I, I love your team because of the way you play, but I'm, I'm a diehard Knicks fan. And he was—he looked like bombed when I said that, and I was like, "Am I upsetting the honest?" And then, uh, and then I—I I said, "I just—it's in my blood. I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm a Knicks fan through and through. It's like I, I'm no—there's no team I'm more passionate about." And he goes, "Well, you know, there's a quote. He goes, you never know where I end up next free agency.'" Oh man! And I said, "Don't do that to me, because we're Giannis. We're one Giannis away from the best, being the best team in the world." Well. I'll say almost every single team in the NBA is one Giannis away from being the best team in the world because it's Giannis. Uh, I would expect Giannis to be that dude, Mike. Yeah. You know? he. I would expect him to be the dude that needs everybody to love him. Like... Yeah. And I gotta say, if I was Sam, I would have catered to Giannis. Like, I mean, I would, I mean, yeah, Sam did a little bit, but I would have been like, Giannis, I love you, man. There's nobody I cheer for more than you. Now, when you're playing the Knicks, yeah, I might 
cheer a little bit for the Knicks. But even if <laughs> they win, I feel bad for you. All right? There's nothing yeah, like... There's still a little part of me. Yeah, no, no. I would have I would have sold out so much for Giannis in front of him. I would have been like, you know, that's why <laughs> you should... You should not ever have allegiance with me, listeners. I would sell that allegiance <laughs> out as fast as fast as Giannis uh, was in front of me. I was like, you know what? I am the biggest Bucks fan ever. It's all about <laughs> you, Giannis. It's all about you. And then Giannis whispers in your ear, you never know where I end up in free agency. Mm -hmm. And you're like, will you marry me? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Mike, we uh, got to move on to the next on the list here. We've got Barry Kirch, Shine Down. These fellas mm -hmm, are mm -hmm. behemoths of the rock world. I mean, I've been a fan since, I mean, you know, I think it was like first time I heard Shine Down was like 2001 or something like that. 2002. It was back, back, back in the day. And uh, Brent, Brent Smith, their lead singer, uh, such an awesome voice. I had to ask him in this uh, in this interview when I interviewed Barry, uh, just what he thought of that voice the first time uh, he heard it. It it amazes me, you know, at the start uh, of the band. You're 25 years old. You hear about an audition with this guy named Brent Smith from your brother, who's a, a DJ yeah. here in Jacksonville. Shout out to to Planet Radio. Shout um, out. And uh, I've said for the last, like, 20 years, basically since I heard the album, Brent has one of the best voices in rock. And mm -hmm. I, I just sort of wonder, when you heard that audition tape, what did you think? Uh, same thing. I heard that his, at the time, kid's voice, you know, he's quite a bit younger than me. Um, I heard his voice, and I was like, uh, I've got to get in this band. I've got to try out for this guy. And then meeting him and just seeing how even back then when we were still, you know, he hadn't come into himself as a performer in that stage act yet. Um, his charisma was over the moon. He could talk. You cannot say no to Brent Smith. It's impossible. He will somehow talk you into it or make you think it's the best idea on the planet, whether it is or not. And typically he's always right. Um, so yeah, after hearing his voice, I was like, I, I've got to do this. And it's funny, you know, it was, it was he had already got, Jason in the band and Brad in the band, who were the, the, the two, the original guitar player and bass player. And uh, he's like, okay, uh, well, I got to meet you first. And so he said, meet me at the Hooters at the beach. I'm like, okay, Hooters. So I, I talked to my now wife, who was then uh, fiance. Um, and I said, I'm going to Hooters. So, All right, <laughs> fine. And I uh, go to the Hooters and meet them. And they have a pitcher of beer. And the three of them sitting across from me, just basically grilling me. And we had the best time. And then after that, I auditioned the next day and then the rest is history. But uh, um, from that moment, meeting him, it was Brent with the long hair and just intense Southern accent coming at me. I was like, yeah, this is, this is going to work out great. I do like, Mike, in that story, the fact of how Barry had to put in the Hooters part. Yeah. That was my favorite part. <laughs> it's like it's like you're like, oh, you heard the audition tape, then what happened? Then they invited me to Hooters. Oh, of course. Where all serious business meetings happen. <laughs> at Hooters. Like I just uh, uh, When's the last time you've been to a Hooters, Mike? I don't know, Doc G, and now I'm married. I don't think my wife would let me go to Hooters for anything. Oh, come Maybe on. The president 
president of the United States. She'd probably let me go and meet him there, maybe. But it's been a long time, Doc G. I haven't been to a Hooters in a very long time, and I don't think I'm going to be going that's, for a long time either. Uh, I would say that's sad, but it's not really sad. It's not like you're missing out anything. But still, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, it's, uh, yeah. I let's see. I think the last time I've been to a Hooters, and I'm pretty sure if you go back into the history books of this show, you will find the clip of this. But I think the last time was when I went with a uh, former uh, ho- a former uh, co-host of the show, uh, Papa J Bones. There, pa- uh, Papa J Bones, Jake Parler. We went to uh, we uh, wanted to see a UFC fight because we're men. Mm. You know, yeah. Big burly dudes that want to see other dudes beat each other up, yeah. you know. So we were like, "Where, where's it playing?" Because you know we don't, you know, we don't keep up, you know. So we were calling these mm-hmm. different bars around town, like, "Hey, you guys have the UFC fight?" And they were like, "Nah, man, sorry, hang up," you know. And then we got, we we're like, "Hey, you know what? Hooters might <laughs> no, show it. Hang up. You think Hooters shows yeah. it? We we call Hooters up." And <laughs> Jake calls, and the dude is like, the guy at uh, Hooters is like. Uh yeah, we have every UFC fight. We have a deal with the UFC, and Jake's just like, "Oh, okay." So you'll have it. And he's just like, "Yeah," and hangs up on him. And we're like, <laughs> "All right." So I guess we can go to Hooters and watch this UFC fight, and we did. And I think that was the last time I've been at a Hooters, Mike. So there mm-hmm. you go. It's uh, it, yeah. I don't know if that st- deal still exists, listeners. Don't. Don't go to Hooters expecting to see UFC. And also, if you call them up before, expect to get some sass about wanting to watch UFC. Yeah. So probably going to get hung up on. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Mike, next on the list, a man that, my goodness, the stories, the stories this guy had. Had so many stories, he had to write a book. He wrote a book called Bow Monster. It's wild. He had stories, Waylon Jennings, Johnny Cash, Rob Zombie. Uh, but one of my favorites that none other than Jesse Dayton told was how he accidentally stole Willie Nelson's amp. How he took Willie Nelson's amp on a trip. And let's let's take a listen to that. L- a little bit later on in the in the book, you, you've got your your Willie stories, and uh, there's a great Willie story. You're recording at a studio, and you had a gig. And you had to take an amp for the gig, and they and you know the folks there told you just just take one of the amps. And you were looking around, and you found one that looked pretty crappy. And you were like, "All right, this is beat up. This is old. Who cares?" And you accidentally take Willie's amp, uh, <laughs> and you you didn't realize until you got back that and basically him saying, "Where's my amp?" And you go, "Oh, oh holy crap." Like, did you well, think? So, well, so so what happened is we were at Willie's studio in Austin, outside of Austin, at Patternalis Studio, and I'd spent the day recording with Kenny Aronoff and a great bunch of great musicians, Johnny Gimbel on fiddle. And at the end of the day, I had I had to go to this Americana music conference in New Orleans, and they go, "Hey, we're going to fly you there. You're going to play the gig. And you're going to fly right back. But if you want to bring one of your amps." You know, just because you never know what they're going to have when you get there. Yeah. And I was like, they had all these cool vintage amps. And I, I brought the most beat up, crappy one thinking like, I'll just take this one. Nobody will miss it. And 
then I get back and uh, and I then I put it in this case that was like from the seventies, and it said Willie Nelson for president on it, real big. And I came back in and I walked in the kitchen and and Willie goes, Merle Haggard came over out of the blue last night and we stayed up till three in the morning recording and I didn't have my amplifier. And I was like, oh, really? And he goes, yeah, did you take my amp? And I just, the fear shot through me, dude. Like, I mean, just just stricken with fear. Do you think you're going to be thrown out forever? Never going to be invited back? Willie Nelson getting, I didn't want Willie Nelson to get mad at me, you know? And I said, well, I brought the old Standell out. He goes, that's my amp. I said, Willie, I'm so sorry. I took the one that I thought was the least desirable one. In case it was like, he, he started laughing. So he walks over and he goes, he kind of, I think he kind of felt bad because he knew I was mortified. Yeah. And he goes, you want to keep my case? And I go, yeah. <laughs> and, and then he walked out of the room and I literally fell to my knees and put my hand my head hand in my head like you dumb like you took Willie's and um and then his manager Pootie walks by and goes hey man you took Willie's amp and got a case out of it that's pretty cool (laughs) (laughs) um Mike I the the funniest thing about that whole story to me was how scared Jesse was of Willie Nelson yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, I get it. He's a towering legend of music, but he's also Willie yeah. Nelson. Like, that's what yeah. he's known for is being laid back. Like, if he yelled at me, I'd just be like, whoa. This is way out of character, Willie. You get whoa, back. Willie. Exactly. You get back in line, man. You are supposed to be stoned and happy all the time. All right? This makes no sense. Like just, yeah. I would not expect that at all. Who's who's <laughs> expecting Willie Nelson to kick your ass? Like you never know those those really chill guys. They they let it all out at once. Yeah, I mean, I could. Yeah, it could be Mount Vesuvius yeah. just just exploding. <laughs> but like, still, I just I don't know. Like if I took Willie, I didn't know like the guitar amp was such a big deal to him. Like he had like a special guitar amp. You know, like yeah, I could get I could understand a guitar. Yeah. You know, the guitar, that's the, like, instrument, but, like, the, the amp is, like, the... Oh, it can make the sound, though. It can make yeah. or break the sound. Yeah. Amps okay. are very, uh, very important, Mike. I mean, okay. you know, you talk to any guitarist. Now, I would say Willie is not, like, the most just, you know, dedicated guitarist, so it is a little bit surprising in that respect. But, like, you yeah. talk to any guitarist, all their gear is super important, you know? Okay. Their pedals... Their amps, their preamps, their chords, their strings, everything has to be a particular way. They're looking at it all. So, you know, Mm -hmm. and a dude like Willie that had been around the way for like 40 years, I'm sure he's got a particular way. And now he's been around the way for 70 years. (laughs) He likes it a particular way. Um, Mike, next up, we've got one of our favorites, I think, for me and you both. Such a nice guy, Mr. Kyle Cook of Matchbox 20. Uh, yeah, just really a, cool. Just a really, really uh, nice dude in, in all respects. 
Uh, in the clip here, he tells me about how their album, Yourself or Someone Like You, depended on the listeners of Birmingham. So you, you make the first album, Yourself or Someone Like You comes out, and I hear, you know, and, and I mean, it was fairly, it, it, it didn't really do much in those first few weeks. It came out, no. and it, it stalled hard. And right. w now, was there a point in that stalling where in your head you were like, ah, this probably isn't going to yeah. work. What am I going to do next? 100%. Yeah, we, um, so Long Day was the first single. It's, it's, we, we were signed by Lava Records, mm -hmm. right? Uh, which was a, went on to put out Kid Rock's first record mm -hmm. and, uh, 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 Sugar Ray's first record and a handful of us. But you know they were um, they weren't a major, mm -hmm. so we had a you know we had a pretty tight budget. Mm -hmm. We made that first record on I mean that's probably the cheapest record we've ever made, um, and we had hardly any tour support. Rob got a publishing deal thankfully mm -hmm. on the on the strength of his songs as he should, and he decided to um, invest a lot of that money back into the band so that we could we could pick up, you know, he basically picked up the slack that, you know, our, our indie label at the time couldn't, could Yeah. So they, they worked long day. Um, you know, Rob was able to keep us out touring, but long day kind of, you know, it flopped. And, you know, they worked at a rock radio and we got some ads, but it wasn't blowing, it yeah. wasn't blowing the country away. And so we saw where that was going and we're going, well, you know, and Rob only had so much money of his publishing uh, advance to, with, you know, without songs that were, had proven themselves yet, you know, yeah. he had what he had. And so there was, there was a limit to where that was going to go. And we're driving around, I'm pretty sure it was like the West Coast somewhere. And we're playing some large clubs here and there and we're doing, you know, and then in, in some cases we're playing for, you know, 10 people. I mean, it was, it was a bizarre time. And we're going, we see it kind of that, that single fading. And mm -hmm. I remember us kind of doing the, you know, like the, you know, the, you know, it's like, we're, we're, we're just, you know, we're just, well, we made one record guys. Yeah. It's been great. Um, you know, it's sort of like, if we, <laughs> when we get back to Orlando, if we don't get back in this band and do anything after that, it's, you know, it's been real. Yeah. And then push. And then we caught word that Push was getting a lot of a lot of uh, spins down down your neck of the woods. I mean, the south, you know, southeast, um, obviously, particularly Birmingham. Yeah. But you know, Orlando was there was some love. Atlanta, there was some love. But particularly Birmingham just started playing Push um, because their their listeners were responding, not because not because the label worked it. Yeah. So it was an organic thing, and so at that point, Atlantic Records starts you know, paying attention, right? Because yeah. they're like, whoa, what's happening? What's this, this blip down here? And um, that's when Atlantic basically bought, they saw they saw an opportunity and they came in and they bought us out of our lava deal. And then they just started dumping money into it. And then suddenly, like, you know, the video budgets... <laughs> Skyrocket, ...had, like, yeah. you know, more zeros on them, you know? And it was like, uh, so... Yeah, and then that's... And then you see the power of a major label at that time. That's wild, Mike. When you when you yeah, it is. when you think about it, like if Birmingham wouldn't have been listening to that song, you basically would have never heard of Matchbox Twenty. 
Yeah, thank you so much, Alabama. We appreciate it. You know, but like you you uh you know you think about it like i mean there's just so many things it's it's one of those domino situ- butterfly butterfly wing situation mike like i mean you look at that like i mean uh, barbie i just watched barbie the other night you know cuz i'm a movie fanatic and uh you know push plays a large role in that movie push is a central song in mm. that movie i didn't watch it yeah yeah i want to see it though yeah well, you'll notice that push. I won't. I won't ruin it. I won't uh, tell you where it comes in. Okay, but it, it it is played multiple times in that movie, and I was just like, oh my god! If it wasn't for the people of Birmingham, this movie would not be the same. It would be completely yeah. different. You know, Doctor, you said that you mentioned the butterfly. Is that the butterfly flaps his wings yeah. and causes a hurricane? Okay, exactly. Cool. You change one thing, and all of a sudden, yeah. boom! You've got all of these, yeah. and like just, I mean, all of Matchbox 20's great songs. They wouldn't be there. You wouldn't have heard any of those songs. Maybe even Rob mm-hmm. Thomas's solo career, you would never have heard of it. Who knows? You wouldn't have Smooth yeah. with with Carlos Santana. You wouldn't ah, have such a good song. All these yeah. jams, just wild. Just wild, Mike. Yeah. So shout out to Birmingham nice. for being fans of tunes. You know thank what? Thank you, thank you. And we're t- we're fans of tunes on this show. We're going to take a we break. Are. We are going to hear from one of our favorite tune makers. This is Yonder Mountain String Band, who were on the show August 23rd. This is from their first album, Elevation. This is 40 Miles to Denver, right here on the Doc G Show. Call myself a man if I left by the morning line And I'd be 40 miles from Denver when you woke up all alone I'd be 40 miles from Denver and three days from my home In that cool mountain air on an Appalachian trail Oh, life is better there Better 
cold moon out tonight And it's a cold, cold point on your knife Could I call myself a man if I left by the morning line? And I'd be 40 miles from Denver when you woke up all alone I'd be 40 miles from Denver and three days from my home In that cool mountain air on an Appalachian trail Oh, life is better there Oh, life is better there Mike, we are back. We are going to dive into these clips. Once again, we've got five more. Next up, one of the most recent. I think it is the most recent on the list. One of the best guests of the year. None other, Mr. Lewis Black. Yes, Lewis Black. Legend. Mr. Lewis Black. During the interview, I asked him how his angriness, his, his yelling on stage had matured over time. This is what he said. I uh, I heard it took you a while to find that anger style. Uh, it took you until you were in, in New York there. You were running a free show at midnight, and you found out that getting angry uh, was was funny for you. Uh, what, yeah. What was the stand-up like before that? Well, I mean, it was, I would, well, one thing I did was if I was angry, I'd turn around. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't yell at the audience directly. I would yell at the wall behind me because <laughs> I didn't know if the audience could handle it. And I hadn't seen, and I'd been doing it. I'd been yelling a lot, but not toward them. And then, uh, uh, and then eventually my friend, Dan Ballard, who actually I'm sitting here in Saginaw and that's, uh, where I think he may even be now. I'm not sure he moved around Michigan. Uh, he, uh, he was the one who said, go on stage and yell at the audience and I went and I started yelling at them and you know all of a sudden he's and he said yell your whole act and I did it and it was uh, I went oh that's it you idiot it only <laughs> took this long I got a feeling in that Mike the uh the yelling at the wall that had to be really weird yeah. Like, if you go back and find clips of that, <laughs> that had to be some weird comedy where he just turned around and was just like, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. turned back around. Everybody's <laughs> like, what the is that? Was he just yelling at the wall? Was, uh. I feel like it'd be more normal to yell at the people, you know? Yeah. But that would have been I, pretty funny to watch him yell at the wall, too, though. Yeah. He was definitely I would like, getting laughs. I would like to see the evolution, you know? It's like I told you before we uh, we interviewed him. I'd like to see the Lewis Black where he's just doing like observational comedy before he found the anger, you know. Yeah. And he's just talking about things like what's like Seinfeld. Like what's the deal with that, huh? Yeah. Huh? Like I want to <laughs> see that Lewis, and then I want to see the Lewis yelling at the wall, and then morph into the angry we know normal Lewis Black, you know. Yeah, that'd be great. Interesting to see. But speaking of going back, Mike, 
Getting in the Wayback Machine. We've got a fantastic interview clip from Jimmy Olander, Diamond Rio, where we talked about their massive hit, Meet Me in the Middle. Uh, going into the interview, you know, I felt like these dudes had just said everything about the song. Like, I kept looking at these other interviews of theirs, and I was just like, good Lord, there's nothing that they haven't already said about this. Mm -hmm. So that's basically what I asked him. Here's what yeah. he said. The, the the big songs of Diamond Rio, I, I just sort of wondered because I was thinking of, uh, you know, questions I could ask you about, uh, you know, the big songs. And going back and looking at all interviews that you've done over the years, uh, I was like, is there anything that you've been asked that you haven't been asked about Meet Me in the Middle? I feel like you you like every possible thing about that song has sort of since that was the 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 jump off point. Has there been anything it that sure you was? Is has there been uh, anything that you haven't been asked that you're like, huh? Why didn't anybody ask me about that about Meet Me in the Middle? I you know what we've. I think we've shared that story a lot. Mm -hmm. You know, and people ask questions. And, you know, there was a lot to it. You know, actually, it's our first single, mm -hmm. you know. It's the it's the first thing that we ever did, and we uh, cut that. And, you know, Marty and neither Marty or, nor I wanted to cut that song. We were just like, ugh. It was a Tim Dubois thing that he was he wanted us to do. Obviously, it became a great hit, and I'm glad to do it. And we I like doing that song. Actually, I really do. Mm -hmm. But the tree demo that we got, I mean, it was a completely kind of different sounding thing. Mm -hmm. That actually been covered by a couple of other acts, too. Mm -hmm. I think uh, the Marcy Brothers and one other act had, had done it. So... So, uh, but the the day we go to do the video, uh, uh, Operation Desert Storm broke out, mm. and so we're waiting for paint to dry on the backdrop of a green screen kind of blue background. Yeah, and the crew and everybody is ho hovered around the TV because yeah, it's brand new and yeah. I mean, so it started in a really exotic way, mm. and I think the video producer defrauded a lot of the grips and people that were working on the video so in our career we have it's that hand showing up hey man you know we never got paid for that <laughs> and I was like, well trust me we paid for it it just didn't go to you not and so, you my know, fault so well but it feels like it you know yeah, i still feel yeah. complicit you know we hired the guy that defaulted him yeah so uh yeah, and so on and on the story goes through, you know, other experiences and uh, getting to know the writers and then writing with the writers that wrote that song mm -hmm. and becoming friends of theirs and stuff. Yeah, it's been just that one, that's one song in our career yeah. that we have all these things. We've got stories about a lot of these different things. For sure. Well, now, be honest as far as uh, about Mimi in the Middle, how much do you think the well-coiffed mullets gave you an advantage as far as that music video because they are well, nice i don't know if they had an impact on it but we really believed we were cool at the time man i can remember i had this little uh mirror right there at the front of my my door before we'd go out and i'd go check that I'm like, <laughs> looking good baby uh mikey threw me uh, you know he basically agreed with me that there was nothing that hadn't been said, but then he was like, uh, oh, yeah, we uh, didn't pay the dudes that worked on the set. What? That's, <laughs> that's a downer. Like, that's, I'd be, that, that'd be weird if you were one of those guys that every time that music video came up, you'd be like, hey, you know what? I worked 24 hours on that set, got paid $0. 
what? Diamond Rio screwed <laughs> you out of money? That's right, they did. Like, just, uh, I got to be honest. If you would have told me, guess what Jimmy's going to say about this song, that would not have been it. Nope. Yeah. It would, it would not have been, I don't think those guys got paid on the set. That was it. Mm. But, positive. Did you go back and watch the video, Mike? Did you see those sweet mullets in that video? Pretty. I didn't watch the video, but yeah, I did like how he talked about like checking a mirror on his way mm. out to a show or something and being like, man, that mullet looks good. You know, Mike, <laughs> like, it is a well quaffed mullet. It yeah. is. Well, they all have them. I mean, it's just, you know, whoo. It is. It is business, business in front, party in back, very mm. party. Yeah. You know, it's, it's good stuff. It's good mm. stuff. Should have kept it. it. Should have kept it. Mike, uh, on to some dudes here who also weren't paid for working on sets, but it was a deal they had. That would be Pepper. Mm. Uh, these guys, man, they have seen it all. So uh, true. Talk to Yasad Williams. Super nice dude. Uh, we had a super long conversation. I remember when we did the interview. Sunday afternoon, Mike. It was lovely. Uh, nice. I, I, uh, I asked him there because... They, I mean, they've been around forever, Mike, since the yeah. 90s. And, like, one of their first big breaks, they went out on the Warped Tour back in 2001. And uh, I saw in a bunch of interviews them talking about it. And the reason they got on the Warped Tour was because they agreed that they would break down the stages at every stop. And I was just like, shouldn't, shouldn't professionals do that? Shouldn't that be? Seems like a pretty weird thing for one of the artists to be like, "All right, get the tools out. Here we go." <laughs> like, seems like a bit much. Let's take let's take a listen. Your, your whole career, I mean, there was just this sort of I, I don't know adventurous spirit that you guys had. Like, let's just try to get it. We 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 can do that next. We can do this next. Let's try to. And I, I heard you talking about you actually like the when you first got on the Warp Tour. In 2001, it was basically because you guys agreed to set up and break down the stage each yeah. night. Uh, <laughs> which, yeah, I'm gonna guess you guys had like no idea what you were doing on that one. None. Like I, and, and I'm glad we didn't, because if we would have known how rigorous it was gonna be, we might not have agreed to do it. Just because yeah. it was like it was intense. So. But that's it. You nailed it, though. That's what it was for us. It was. That's what it is for us. Um, it, it's, there's no was here. It, it always is, and and that's what it is for us. Is like this adventure of okay, how can we do this to a point where the record label got serious and they got a deal with MCA and they offered us a record contract and it came with the stipulation of you can go on work tour too, but you got to basically set up and break down the stage every day. Which was, and it wasn't some crazy like, okay, cool, just hit a few buttons and ooh, yeah, the no. hydraulics are going to lift the thing up. No, it was eight planks of wood that had these like wooden stands that like, basically it was like a like a Home Depot job stage, you know what I mean? And yeah. so, that, and that wasn't the worst of it. The, the, the gnarly part that this is what happened. So after getting into like the tour for like a week, we realized oh wait 
we need to be at every venue at like six in the morning because we need to be there when the trucks get there with all the stages and everything to set up the stage before like 10 in the morning because the doors are going to open at noon and then bands need to be playing on it. So we're like, oh, oh, wait, so we need to leave early and make sure like, well, we need to leave the second we break down the stage. There was we were playing to like one person a day, maybe maybe three people a day. Um, hustling and so those days would be yeah yeah hustling and then a couple weeks went by of that and we were like oh my god this is nuts and these were the days where some 41 and good charlotte were just blowing up and they were on the stage next to us which was the second stage there was the two main stages and there was the second stage that's going to draw some they attention. were blowing up yeah and they were blowing up so they would have like at least a couple thousand people a day watching them and this is just one of the character building experiences of that summer, which was there was millions of them. But so sometimes we would get the slot right after, say, some 41 or Good Charlotte. So we'd be on the Volcom stage ready to play. They'd be and then we'd be like, they'd finish that their last song and we would start three, four, dun, 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 dun. And we would just be begging, please, come on, please stay. And we just play. We actually tell you the truth. I think we'd always try to start with one of our like fat, like, come on, let's start with the too much or like some like, like a faster Harder, song yeah. or something. Cause mm-hmm. maybe these, maybe that. And we literally, we would watch 2000 people just walk uh. past, right past, right past, like kind of like maybe stop for a second and turn their head yeah. and then just go straight to the next like pop punk band. They were going to watch that they had on the schedule or something. And it was, Man, it was brutal because it would be like, like such like. Well, there's a chance, that uh, even though we knew uh, that everyone's gonna uh, walk away. Yeah. Well, there's a chance. That, no, no. I gotta say a couple things, Mike. One, uh, if I were them, I definitely would have given up in the middle of that tour and been like, you know what? Nah, no way. Too much. We are not doing. Do yeah. Second, Six. I'm glad I can't. Uh, you know. I'm glad I didn't have to admit, like, I can't see people passing up on our show like they saw people passing up on their show. Like, I'm just imagining in my head a giant festival of radio shows and podcasts, and we're on the side doing a live show, and people are just walking by our set like, oh, stupid. Keep walking. I don't know. (laughs) And I wouldn't be able to take it, Mike. I would not be able to take it. That'd be tough on your like your stage that you built. <laughs> yeah, that'd be just sad, uh, man. I don't know. I don't think I'd be able to handle it. Doctor, like, this is why in the future I'm going to have you proofread. I'll pay you all my contracts, and I'll basically just say, "Is there any way that this could suck for me?" And then, and then I mean, uh, the short the like, short answer is yes. Yes, that would be all contracts. <laughs> There's something in Here's all contracts suck. that suck. But especially the um, stage building parts. I don't think you're going to like that. <laughs> Six in the morning, by the way. That's the call time. <laughs> there's a thing in here with dildos, Mike. I don't know if you read that. That you want to stay away from. Uh, but, like, yeah, no. I, 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 Have you ever done that in comedy, Mike? Uh, like, uh, not not the Signed stage building. Yes. No, oh, not, yeah. not that, too. The yeah. The fact of... of have you ever been playing a place that has multiple stages and you just know no no one gives a shit about what you're doing? Mm. 
Um, I did a museum one time. It was a it was oh. a convention. It was a museum. They had a convention at a museum, and uh, yeah, we were a side stage, and uh, yeah, it was terrible. But it was my oh. like first year of stand up, so to me, I was still winning. Like in <laughs> retrospect, we were definitely losing at this convention, but just the fact that I was there, you I was were doing so happy. something. Yeah, yeah, I like, yeah. yeah. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I've I've heard a, I've heard uh, from a couple other comedians some of those giant places that they'll have like a couple of stages, yeah. in a couple of the comedy clubs, you know, and like so you're just like you're like in the coat closet, you know, yeah. <laughs> like everybody's going to the main the main mm -hmm. stage and you're in there like yeah. hey hey here's a joke and everybody's like who is this guy and why do yeah. they have somebody in the closet like. That just make me sad. I just yeah, there's, they're, uh, they're pretty tough shows. Like French Festival in Orlando, I did that one year, and yeah, you're just kind of like on the side. It's like an a tent, and uh, you're you're outside too, which is always terrible. And uh, yeah, you just you're like competing with the freaking cheese curd truck. Like there's like a million <laughs> people over there. It's like yeah. I feel so. like the only way. I feel like the person that would be best at that would be the, 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 the crowd work phenomenon people, mm. the people that are just amazing at crowd work. Yeah. Because then you're basically in. doing, yeah, you're basically doing a, sh you know, uh, you're a man of the street, uh, uh, you know, segment on a show. Yeah. Just going up to people, like, asking them stuff. Like, otherwise, like, just dry firing jokes to people walking to get their cheese curds, they're not going to get Yeah, them. it's brutal. That's brutal. That's rough. That's rough, man. Just as bad <laughs> as, as far as on with music, man. Just as bad. I mean, at least with music, though, if you got a melody, people can be like, okay, all yeah. right. Comedy, like, you, you got to get a joke out there fast that's going to wrap somebody in. That's not going to happen. Nope. That is not going to happen. No. Mike, next up, I couldn't resist. I had to put it in there. Uh... We had, once again, fantastic. I'm going to try to get him back on the show at some point in time. The Young Ladies of Hotel Fiction on the show. And uh, the first time they were on the show, I brought up Cool Lickles. Mm -hmm. The fantastic idea of pickles marinated in Kool-Aid brought to us by the great state of Mississippi. And they seemed amazed by them so i thought the next time they came on the show i was like you know what i'm gonna give them an option where they can actually get a cool lickle let's take a listen you guys go i took a look at your tour schedule and i noticed you're playing oxford mississippi on february 22nd and i took the liberty of investigating the options of where you guys could enjoy a cool lickle a Kool-Aid pickle. Oh. If you guys stop at the Double Quick gas station, which is open 24 hours for your convenience, you can enjoy a tremendous Kool-Lickle. Literally just a, hot, uh, a half a mile away from the venue. Totally doable. I say get a whole jar. Now, I'm going to go around. I'm going to go around the band. Who's going to actually have a Kool-Lickle? I'll do it. Okay. Everybody's going to try. Okay, because last time, Jade, you said oh, they, they were hideous. You were like, I'm not I'm not having a, I'm not having, because you don't like pickles, right? Who? J Me? Jade, yeah. Yeah, I'm not a big pickle person, but I have recently come around a little bit. Okay. 
And if you add the the tangy sweetness of a cool lickle, it could just be a whole new world. Right, it's true. This could be the turning point. Depends on what flavor of Kool-Aid. I'd probably go for, like, the fruit. I was about to say, traditionally, it seems like the most often used cool lickle is the fruit punch. But uh, I looked it up. There are multiple recipes for multiple different types. So if you want to go bananas with them, you definitely can. You can get just all kinds of different cool lickles. Mike, uh, I don't like... Can you take a trip to Mississippi without having a cool lickle? Like, to me... You got to have at least a taste. Yeah, not at this point. You have to try it at least. Yeah. You know, that's like going to Florida and not having meth. What? Mm-hmm. You know, that's yeah. not allowed. Or boiled peanuts. <laughs> Different <laughs> levels of intensity. <laughs> did you have the boiled peanuts? I did. Did you try the meth? Yes. Yes. Both were nice. <laughs> nice little, little kick spicy. there on the road trip. Hmm. <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, it's it's a. I, I don't know if you can put boiled peanuts, by the way, for just Florida. That's that's all South. Okay. That's yeah, that's South Carolina. That's Georgia. That's okay. that's Alabama. That's Mississippi. We 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 celebrate boiled peanuts all together. <laughs> and by the way, listeners, I'm saying boiled peanuts, not boiled penis. Yeah. We're not talking about any type of boiled penis. Yeah, that's Mississippi. That is, <laughs> that is for Joe Rogan back in the day of Fear Factor. Yeah. That's, uh, we've got a delicious plate of boiled penis. Oh, no, not that. Oh, God. Those were the worst, Mike. Do you remember that back in the day? The old Fear Factor? Yeah. Eating, eating random genitals of different mm-hmm. uh, animals? Mm-hmm. Gross. Yeah. I would really so, so much rather eat a cool lickle so yeah. fast. Me too. Anyways, Mike, let's go on to a lighter clip. Let's go on to the last clip of the year. None other. The man that needs no introduction, Mr. Cowboy Kent Rollins. And uh, I ask him, Mike, just, you know, just a little throwaway at the end. I ask him about me and you. Mm -hmm. What would happen if me and you came on the trail? If we were to hit the trail with him? And here's what he said. The last question if, if me and Mike came on to uh, a cowboy ranch and you were getting ready to go off and you saw me and Mike wandering up the trail, honest opinion, in your head, would you be thinking, oh, no, we've, we're going to have some trouble on this no, trip? No. Um, <laughs> my mother told me you, you never judge a person by the hat they got on their head or what they got on their feet. You know, it's what's in their heart that counts. And uh, if I think that y'all could gather wood or wash dishes, I'd say come along. Awesome. You know, so uh, it'd be good to me. I don't, I don't look at people as being different. I just look at people as having heart. Awesome, uh, Mike. You, uh, I've got the wood. You've got the, you got the dishes. I got, I got, <laughs> I got the dishes. dishes. I can do it. I got, I can do some dishes. <laughs> yeah. Do some dishes. There you have it, Mike. There you have it. Just, I mean, a tribute. Uh, just such a beautiful statement there, you know? Yeah. Kent, judging the soul, not not judging the exterior, not judging yeah. a book by its cover, you know? Yeah, she now, said uh, she said you shouldn't judge a person by the hat they wear. Hopefully yeah, I'm not taking your joke. But, you know, if they're wearing a ski mask and they're inside of a, <laughs> a store, I mean, you got to judge. You got to make some judgments here. That is true, Mike. That is definitely true, yes. 
Yes, yeah, ski mask. Maybe <laughs> a little hesitant. <laughs> if only, if only you would have said that, I would have loved to seen his reaction. Yeah, uh, Kent. What if uh, I was wearing a ski mask? <laughs> hey, how's it going? I'm ready to uh, hit the trails, guys. Don't worry. It's uh, nothing, nothing nefarious here. Just worried about the cold. Just. Right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, uh, you know, I, I, I believe him. I do believe him, Mike. I'm the same way. I would do the same thing. But there would still be a teeny way in my head. If I was him, there would still, when they showed up, I'd be like, oh, this guy. Oh, God. You know, I, yeah. would, I would be giving the person the benefit of the doubt. But it would still be in the back of my head, like, they're probably up. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. like. It'd be there, and then when they didn't, I'd be like, all right, nicely done, yeah, you know? I'd give them a shot, but I still can't help the bias. It would still be there. Yeah. It would still be there. For you sure. know, we're humans. Yeah. You know? You can't But stop guess it. what? Cowboy Ken's not. And he's yeah. like, you know what? Ju judge it judge it not by the cover, but by the heart. Yeah. By the heart, Mike. I'm happy yes. that he would have us on his his cooking expedition. I'm happy. Mm -hmm. I, would ha I would happily be a part of that. You would happily do the dishes. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm not doing the dishes. I would mm. be so happy to do some dishes. I would chop wood all day, Mike. I would get blisters on my thumbs mm -hmm. from that axe. I would be all over it. Uh, you don't even know. You don't even know. That wood <laughs> would be so chopped, Mike. So chopped. Regardless, thanks to Kent Rollins. Thanks to all the guests of the show bunch of different uh guests that i didn't get to that we had a bunch of great clips from mm -hmm. i literally just uh posted one the other day there about uh last week's show about tom from demob happy uh going to arby's uh which was awesome mm -hmm. i actually thought about putting that in there an englishman going to arby's and not understanding why this place has so much meat what the sandwich has five meats on it <laughs> and I go with just like three of them? No! All five! Boy, you meats. saw our slogan. <laughs> We've got the meats, all right? Do not take them away. Regardless, Mike, thanks to everybody that's been on the show this week. It has been a fantastic, fantastic show. We are going to take a break. We are going to be right back with the Mike C Top 3 for the last of the year. And, of course, the last two birthday suits right here on the Doc G Show. This mucho yellow and it's rockin' yellow. And you listening to Doc G show from 803 to 904, the best show on the radio. You dig? This is 95.5 Spinnaker Radio. WSKRLPFM, UNF Jacksonville. <laughs> And we are back here on the Doc G Show. Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, Florida. Mike, we need to move on to the fastest growing segment in the world. The Mike C Top 3. Woo, woo. Yes, indeed, Mike. Um, 
you've got three weeks to build up your ideas for what the Mike C top three will be for the next year. Um, okay. This time, you chose best Christmas memories. Well, it was sort of a group mm-hmm. choice. We whittled it down. Mm-hmm. You had yeah. a couple of thoughts, yeah. and then we went with best Christmas memories. Now, Mike... Uh, Thank you, Doc. My memories are very much so like my Thanksgiving memories. They are weird <laughs> happened to my family mm. uh, throughout the years. Pretty much it. Oh, okay. Um, that's awesome. That's because uh, I mean it's all about it's all about the actions, Mike. Sure, the stuff yeah. is cool. I love the stuff. You know, I love the presents. But I got to be honest, goofy <laughs> brings me in. That's what I enjoy. So that's what I remembered. But Mike. Well, Doc G, mine are all uh, memories of things that I received. So <laughs> no uh, no action. I'm greedy. All I'm stuff. greedy, guys. I like it. Come on. I, hey, I understand, Mike. And and I, I should be excited because I got some awesome stuff over the years. I got some amazing yeah. stuff. I should be. Yeah. You know, I got, I got some amazing stuff this year. I should be really mm-hmm. jazzed. Yeah, you did. Um, but uh, Mike, do you have any honorable mentions? Um, one year we got a dog. That was kind of cool. Mm. I was saying, I was really, you know, I got That's sort of a heartfelt moment, you know? Yeah, it was nice. We got, it came in a box, you know, how they do the yeah, big yeah. box and you know, the dog and yeah, it was great. Was it, was it, was it just like dog. a mutt or was it uh, a certain type of dog? Yeah, it was like a mutt. I don't know. Yeah. It was kind of like a mix between like a, like a shelter dog and okay. a, oh my God, <laughs> a, a, like a, a pound dog. It's like a hyena. Like a, There's a little bit of yeah, coyote like a, in there. It did kind of have like, yeah, a hyena look to it. <laughs> um, yeah, it was a great dog. Christy. That was the name Christy of the dog. Christy the dog. Yeah, Christy. I did. Yeah. I saw a video. This is a little, uh, and this goes to my honorable mention as well, Mike. I saw a cat video and this is one of my favorites. Any animal with just a super human name makes me laugh that's a fact and i saw a video the other day of a cat that was about to slap out of a uh, kid and and the (laughs) uh the uh the owner of the cat was like jerry jerry don't you do it and the cat looked over (laughs) at her and i was just like jerry that is such an awesome cat name uh jerry the cat i mean i know the tom and jerry you know was wait tom was the cat right Tom was the cat, yeah, I think, yeah. Yeah, Jerry was the mouse, so that doesn't make sense. But it doesn't matter. Anyways, I like superhuman names. Christy's a good name for a dog. Superhuman mm-hmm. name. Yeah, it is a really human name. And speaking of which, Mike, my honorable mention is a animal-related um, uh, occurrence. Now, uh, for several years, basically from the time that I was uh, born until I was like, What? 32-ish, 33, mm-hmm. somewhere in there, we went to my uh, grandma's house. That was that was Christmas. was always you go up to, to Meemaw's house there. Um, yeah. And that's where shenanigans always happen. They were very stupid shenanigans, but that's the reason they were hilarious. So my number uh, or my honorable mention was Uncle Ken. Uncle Ken uh, falling asleep on the couch... As he normally did, that's a pretty uh, normal thing, you know. He'd sit down right. after dinner and just, just out, mm. you know. And Ken has a, a very uh, large stomach, or at least he did. Mm. He's been working on it, you know. He's been getting it down. That's good. But he had a he had a very large stomach, and as he was sleeping, 
uh, my grandma's cat just came over and started to summit his his stomach like it was a mountain. Just started <laughs> climbing up his stomach because it was a little kitten at the time. Weak. And it got to the top of his stomach and just stared at him right in his face until Ken woke up and there was just a cat there. He's like, what the? And then he just went back to sleep. And the cat just started walking back all over him. And for the next 15 minutes, there was just a cat walking all over Ken. And nobody, because again, my family's so weird, nobody did anything about this. The cat just, it was like it now owned Ken. And everybody would just walk by and Mm. be like, huh. And then just keep walking. And that was it. I loved Mm. it, Mike. It was a great situation. Yeah, that's beautiful. Cats are walking all over you. They're so, they're so curious. Curious cats. Yeah. Mike, my number three, this might be my number one on, it's not as big of a story, but it just, it it encapsulates just how when you get older, you don't really give a crap and it's pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. So my Meemaw, I love my grandma. She was awesome. Yeah. And when I, uh, when she was like, this had to be like when she was really old, like 95 ish, somewhere in that ballpark. Um, Mm hmm. We always had people coming over that weren't part of the family. I never got it. Like my 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 like cousins and stuff would bring their significant others, and like you know aunts would bring friends and uncles would bring friends. And I'm just like, why are you bringing people to this? You mm-hmm. want other people to see these shenanigans? No one should know these shenanigans. If I had a significant other and they'd be like, are you going to your family's Christmas? I'd be like, no, I'm leaving for three days. Don't ask questions. It's it's like, but anyways, Mike, uh, I won't say who. There was somebody that had came to these festivities a couple of years. And my grandma leaned over to me at one point and was like, hey, is that the same guy that was here last year? And I was like, yeah, I think it is. And I, you know, I didn't know what she was going with. And she paused for a little bit. And then she leaned back over to me and she's like, he really gained a lot of weight. And then just <laughs> leaned back. And that's all she said. And I was just like, all right. Nice. Nice, me all. You know, like, and I got to be honest. That was when people said she was, you know, she was losing her memory. And I was like, she remembered from last year that that guy gained weight? Mm -hmm. Come on. That's a pretty good memory right there. Yeah. That is pretty sharp. But regardless. That's not an act. Shout out to Meemaw. Mike, you're number three. Dr. G, also a Meemaw. Nice. Man, my Meemaw was, she was the best Mm -hmm. uh, gift giver. Mm -hmm. She gets... uh, two out of the three here nice of the top three nice so 1994 white power ranger plus tiger zord doc g i mean look i was 94 i don't know how old i was but seven power rangers something like that power rangers were at the the top of the freaking everybody wanted a power ranger Mm -hmm. and i got the power ranger and i got the megazord so it was like i don't know it 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 was you were that That dude in first grade yeah you were yeah, that guy. I got like knockoff Power Rangers before yeah. that. I was like not getting, you know, you couldn't get them. Yeah. And uh, and then I got the real one and I was like, oh, this my is gosh. the greatest day of my life. Meemaw's always get to come in and save the day too, you know? 
They do. It's like, they do. And uh, credit credit to the parents because the parents usually let them take credit for it. You know, I mean that's a great mm-hmm. thing. That's mm-hmm. the great thing about being a grandparent is you don't have to do any thinking, and your kids call you up and go, "Hey, this is what they want. If you just get them that, they'll be yeah. psyched." And they're like, "All right, I'll get them that." And then you get them that, and you're like, "Oh my god, it's the greatest day ever!" White Power <laughs> Ranger, and you're like, "How did you know?" Yeah, I'm grandma. I'm, I'm <laughs> Awesome. What can you do? Like, you know, uh, awesome. Mike. Great guy. My number two. This guy has a name. This was another one of those uh, uh, random people that came to the events. His name was Stony. That was his name. Stony. Stony. And Mike, in the later years of these... That'll be my future nickname. Eh, it could be. Could be. Every year. His eyes are red. This um, th- this was this happened later in the sh- the shenanigans, Mike. This was not earlier. Uh, this was later when we were older. They start. We started doing the uh, the whole white elephant thing instead of just because okay. it used to be like you would we would just draw names and you'd get mm-hmm. one cousin and that's who you would buy gifts for. But then they thought, right. okay, let's let's jazz it up, make it this whole deal. Now we're gonna play a game, you know. And uh, me and my brother were like, guys, this is sort of stupid. We should not do this. But Stoney came in, and Stoney took this game so serious. Like, everybody else was just, like, joking about it. And he's just like, wait, wait, what did you get? Wait, wait, now, what uh, What brand is that? All right, now, and, and what did you get? Okay, all right. Well, I've got this number. I don't know what they have. I think they're going to be going after me. I don't want them to steal that. And then we're like, Stony, everything's under $30. Who gives a man? Just choose something. <laughs> Come on. Jeez. But this dude, he was sweating it out for White Christmas. He was so concerned. Or White Elephant. <laughs> he was so concerned with what was going to happen, Mike. It was so great. Just a great memory of Stony yeah, coming into I love this. That. He was he was thinking he was going to win the lottery with this white elephant. There is a choice. strategy to it, Doc G. Don't try to act like there's no strategy to white elephant. Well, here, okay, here, here. you've just never lost a white elephant. That's your no, problem. no. Here's the thing: you've never had a white elephant that sucks. If there's something <laughs> that I like about it, if there's a if there's a present that I don't get, I'll go. You know what? I'm going to go buy that tomorrow, and then I go buy oh. it for myself, and I go, ah, well, this is okay. nice. Because, like I said, everything in White Elephant is like $5, so who gives a crap, man? Yeah, but there is always a, the best $5. There gift. is, there is. You're <laughs> like, oh, that was, a, that was a smart deal right there. That was a good one. But, Mike, what's your number two? Give me your number two. My number two, 1997, Meemaw coming through again. again. Uh. This is like, you know, I've, I've gone over these, I think, in previous top threes, but just a little bit of the story behind it. I got... The Michael Jordan Jumpman Pros, oh, not even yeah. a real, not even a real Jordan shoe. It was just like the the middle, uh, but I got the Jumpman Pros in 1997. And Doc G, this was a this was a turning point in my life because in fifth grade, this was when I was in fifth grade. I didn't have cool shoes, but then I got to wear Jordans to school, and now I got a little bit more respect. Not a lot, because they still wear Jumpman Pros. <laughs> but hey, the jump that was a great year. The Jumpman Pros are one of my favorites. I had to make sure I I, I looked them up. Uh, they're, they're a sweet shoe, man. They're a sweet shoe. Yeah, they're, they're like the 11 and the the 12, like a blend. They were, they were one of, yeah, they were one of my favorite not AJs right there. Yeah. 
They were <laughs> one of my favorite not regular AJ. You can get them right now, Mike. Yeah, I got to get the uh, the the colorway. I had the bread colorway. So actually they kind of look like Jordans. I had no idea what I was wearing, Doc G. I just know there was a Jordan logo on these shoes and that's what I wanted. Yeah. A Jordan logo on my shoes. Yeah. I mean, here they and, are. Uh, I'm looking at the black and whites right now. Looking at Yeah, I had the the breads. They got the they red and blacks. I got the red and blacks right here. Yeah. Yeah, the red and blacks. What's your size, Mike? I'm a 10 and a half. Yeah. They, they got them. They got them. Yeah, I'm going to look I'm going to look I'm going to I've 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 romanticized about buying those shoes again. 14 14% um, off, Mike. 14% off right now. Hey, send me that link, Doc G. All right. It, yeah. We'll continue. Make it happen. <laughs> Make it happen. Make the Christmas magic happen, Mike. The number 1 on my list. Uh I have told this story before, so I won't go into the details of it, but it's a Christmas mm -hmm. miracle. Uh and again, it was a weirdo at the festivities that made the Christmas miracle. Uh, this was, I told the story on the holiday special back in 2018. If listeners go back to 2018, they will find this story uh, at the start of the, uh, the uh, show. I opened the show with it. But uh, there was a guy named Larry that came to the Christmas festivities. And Larry. Larry was wearing just a very interesting outfit. And me and my brother both noticed he uh, when he was at the table getting food. We noticed he, uh, you know, he was wearing a, a shirt uh, tucked into jeans, and the jeans, the brand of jeans, were diamond cutter jeans. Hmm. So we never held on to Larry's last name. So he forever became to me and my brother Larry Diamond Cutter. That was his name. <laughs> And Larry Diamond Cutter was the most bizarre man ever. Uh, and Larry Diamond Cutter, the, the favorite thing that happened to Larry Diamond Cutter was he, you know, he again, he was not part of the family. He was just trying to integrate himself into the family. And mm -hmm. uh, he went around to all of our cousins and, like, introduced himself. Like he was part of, like, Sesame Street or something. Like, mm. and your name is? Ah, yes, yes. And what did you get for Christmas? Oh, neat. Yes, yes. And uh, me and my brother, who at the time, I think I was like 30, and I think my brother was 34. Uh, yeah. He came up to me and my brother. Actually, it might have been even later than that. We might have been like 34 and 38, something like that. Anyways, he came to up to us, and he's like, now you guys are the last two cousins I have yet to meet. And me and my brother are like, yep, guess that would be us. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, now, I ask everybody else, but I got to ask you guys, have you guys graduated high school yet? Huh? Completely serious, Mike. I'm looking at my brother, who looks approximately 115 years old, and I'm like, this dude... <laughs> You're asking if this dude and then me with this full beard, he's asking me if I have graduated high school. It's like, have you ever seen a person in high school with a beard like this? What high school did you go to? <laughs> Grizzly Adams uh, Academy? What is wrong with you, Larry Diamond Cutter? But uh, yeah, he made he made magic, Mike. He was just so weird. That's awesome. There were so many Larry Diamond Cutter stories. For years and years after that, Larry Diamond Cutter. 
Larry Diamond Cutter with the shirt tucked into the jeans. He will live in Christmas lore forever, Mike. For <laughs> Larry Diamond Cutter. Yes. With the Diamond Cutter jeans. I mean, it's basically like the Christmas Carol right there. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Excuse me, sir. I don't know if you know this, but your shirt is tucked into your jeans. Your your <laughs> Diamond Cutter jeans. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Mike, you're number one. Doc G, my number one might be last year. I mean, it's uh, it's a combination of a lot of different memories. Obviously, Doc G, you surprised me with the autograph Shaquille O'Neal rookie card, which is now in a joke, which I'm probably going to release today or tomorrow, Ooh. by the way. Um, yeah, I wrote a joke about it. Mm. Um, not about it, but it's a part of the joke. Um, forgetting my phone while going while traveling, forgetting my phone I in Las that. Vegas yes. and being away for a week. Um, when you came then, through Florida, I thought like it was like some kind of person stealing your identity, trying to like I don't know assassinate me while they stole your identity. Because all of a sudden you're like you contact me in a weird. I can't remember how you did contact <laughs> I'm me. I'm calling from a payphone. Yeah, and I'm just yeah, like I don't know what it was. What? What? Oh, how? I brought my laptop with me. And then, I brought my laptop, and I was like, yeah, "Yeah, that's right." And I was like, "How does Something, a person? Yeah. There's no way a person forgets their phone." But you did. You yeah, did. I did. I forgot my phone. But like in terms of gifts, oh my gosh! Like you got me the shot card. My sister bought me a full Orlando Magic uniform, mm. like jer- like Paulo Banchero, uh, freaking shirt, uh, jersey, and pants. I got a gold chain from her, mm-hmm. which I don't. Like, I've never gotten a gold chain in my life. My wife bought me a piano. It was a great year last year. A piano? Yeah, she got me a piano. Well, a keyboard. Not like a full-scale piano, but like a a proper keyboard, though. Like a Yamaha, like a really nice, like... You've been... been, Last year was great. Jamming on it? Oh, yeah. I've been... uh, Yeah, I've been watching, like, finger exercises, and I, like, I play around on it. Yeah, it's nice. I mean, I'm nowhere near, like, where I could just, like, bust out you know, a little piano, but I could, uh, you know, there got you go. something there. Okay. Yeah. I like it. I like yeah. it. I like it. Well, Mike, you've got two Christmas miracles headed your way. There are two Christmas miracles headed your way. One's held up, so it's not going to be a, it's going to be a January miracle. But when it gets okay. there, it'll be a January miracle. Pumped. The, the other one will come after the airing of this, so... Get ready for that one too. I don't know if it'll top the the rookie the uh, Shaq card. I don't know. Probably. Nope. Be hard. Uh, but they're they're on their way. Regardless, regardless, Mike, we've got to wrap the show up. We've got two uh, two birthday suits left. Now, listeners, I know what you're saying. You're like Ben. Don't forget the top three for the next show. I'm gonna hold off. I'm gonna let Mike think. I'm going to let him stew okay. over the break. Now, I know, again, okay. that doesn't give Thank you guys <laughs> time. That doesn't give you listeners time to come up with your list, but we'll announce it near the start of the show so you have time to brew your mm. list up during the show, listeners. You can do that. Good idea. Um, Good idea. Mike, what do you want? Do you want the basketball player or the uh, rock artist? I don't think you'll get either, but... Let's go with the basketball player. Okay. Okay. Born on December 20th, 1997 in New Orleans. He went to the University of Kentucky to play basketball. He was drafted in 2017 by the Sacramento Kings. Last year was his first all-star year. Sacramento Kings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Man, I don't know. You want you know. want initials? 
Yeah, let's try initials. DF. Hmm. Why well, don't want to say De'Aaron Fox? I don't know. Hey, there it is. That is nicely done. Yes. Nicely wow, done. I don't know where that came from. I don't even know. That's it? That's it. You got it. De'Aaron Fox, wow. man. Wow. I have no idea. There it is. How I know that. Sports knowledge. There it is. Mike pulling out the <laughs> sports right. knowledge. That's random. Nicely I'll take done. It. Yeah. De'Aaron Fox. He's sort of the cornerstone of, uh, of Sacramento now. It's hard to believe he's been there now. This is his seventh season with the team. That's crazy. Crazy. He's yeah. been there. He's been there a long time now, man. Getting to be an old dude turning 26. Ah, so old. So, old. so, <laughs> so old, man. I'll tell you. But, Mike, uh, even though uh, I'll give you half for that one, so now you're setting at 83 and a half. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm even less confident on this one. This one, I'd be okay. really blown away. Rockstar. Yeah. Born on December 20th, 1966 in Marietta, Georgia. Lead singer of the Black Crows. He was married to Kate Hudson and has a kid with her. Hmm. Yeah. I'm not sure about that one. I'll give you the initials, but probably won't help. CR. Chris. <laughs> Uh, Chris, I don't know. Robinson, Chris Robinson. Chris Robinson. Yes. Oh, that's funny. No yeah. comedian, Chris Robinson. Not the same guy. <laughs> yeah. Not the same guy, unless he is a lanky, uh, older gentleman that is uh, uh, 57 years old, or 58 now. 50, mm. No, 57. 57, sorry. No. 57 years old. Uh, it's probably not the same guy, would be my guess. No. The opposite. Okay. Black guy. Okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> there you go. And not skinny. Okay. Well, there you go. Really funny, though. Oh, there you go. Shout out to Chris Robinson. Chris Robinson. Yeah. 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 Both of them. Shout out to both Chris Robinson. Yeah. Shout out. I mean, out. Uh, being married to Kate Hudson, that sounds that sounds lovely. I'd like to, I'd like to marry Kate Hudson. Uh, you know, so. Huh? Kate. I know you're married now, but just just throw that out there. Uh, regardless, Mike, happy birthday to everybody. You ended your birthday suit reign 83 and a half out of 150 for this year. 83 cool. and a half out of 150, which landed you right in the middle. Like 55. 55%. Yeah. There it right, is. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take 55%. it. 55%. Well done, Mike. Well done, Mike. That is Thank it for the year. That it is it for the show today. It has been a fantastic uh, year, listeners. Can't wait to fire it up. I'm going to rejuvenate. I always get myself very jazzed in this time mm -hmm. off. I get really excited. I try to get all the best guests. I'm already working on it. I got a list of about 100 people I'm going to be re reaching out to. I'm going to be thinking about uh, things that we can do on the show. Who knows? I might even get bored during the uh, break and do another uh, movie uh, critic. It might happen, Mike. Ooh. Yeah. Let me know. I don't know. We might do it. We might do it. But until next year, listeners, hold on with us. Come back. Please come back. We'll be back. We will be back. We're just taking two weeks off. But just once, a couple weeks. Once we take those two weeks off, we will be back and stronger than ever. So, listeners, oh, yeah. until then... 
I've been your host, Doc G. With me, as always, the one, the only, Mikey Maximus the Furnicus Charette. Always a pleasure, Doc G. Doc G. Thank you so much for this year. It's been fantastic. Can't wait for next year. Of course. Of course. And until next w- year, next year, yes, there's all kinds of mistakes. Next year. Next year, zip it up and zip it out. Zippity-doo-dah.